What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host for today, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And we're back at it with some more season previews here for the 2022 Colorado High School football season. On each of these season previews, we're going to talk about every 11-man Colorado high school football team in the state right before the season, talking about their season last year, uh, key players they're losing slash graduating, and then talking about this upcoming season by predicting the record and giving them a window of wins, aka wow, which basically means the range of wins that we give each team to win this season. Every team has a different number of games scheduled, anywhere between 8 to 10, at least once that comes around, and so that's why we do that. Also to account for some wins that may be flipped, uh, according to our predictions, but without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into this. We're going to be talking about a lot of 1A and 2A programs here in Southern Colorado, and so let's start with one of the bigger contenders here, Buena Vista. Buena Vista was a team last year, myself and Cody predicted predicted as a team that'll definitely be a contender probably will go undefeated and make a deep playoff run which is basically exactly what happened Buena Vista went 9-0 in the regular season 11-1 in the playoffs altogether for that year they beat Salida 47-0 Banning Lewis Academy 49-18 Bennett 35-7 Payton 21-8 Meeker in a close one in the regular season, 17-14. North Fork, 28-21. Rye, 49-6. Colorado Springs Christian, 49-12. Florence, 20-14 near the end of the season. Then in the playoffs, they beat Gunnison, 42-14 in the first round. And then beat Meeker, 22-15 in overtime in an absolute thriller in the playoffs. Now, the only loss they had all season did happen in the playoffs and that was to the eventual state champions centauri who they lost to 40 to 6 um which was the game right before state so there you go all together you know still a very successful season for buena vista they also played in the spring season before and so if you consider all of those things you know they're definitely a little fatigued having played in the spring season making a playoff run there and then turning around having a very short off season and then having a very successful regular season and playoffs until losing to the team that would win state here so Like I said, a pretty good season last year. And speaking of last year, they are losing a couple of very key seniors here. Uh, Let me go ahead and talk about him. Tucker Storms, he was not only their safety, but their lead receiver. An absolute dual threat playing both sides of the ball here. As a receiver, he led the team with 32 receptions, 355 receiving yards, and 7 receiving touchdowns. And then on defense, he also tagged on another 50 tackles, despite, you know, being injured for a game or two, I believe. But still, super productive for the squad. Uh, Another productive senior they are losing to graduation is Seth Moss he's their starting guard and linebacker he was the lead tackler for this team with 87 also I think Tri led the team so he led with two other teammates in interceptions with three uh had pretty key interceptions in the playoffs I'm thinking about that Meeker game where he got that pick to seal the game in overtime and so uh definitely a big time loss for them on defense losing two extremely productive players there but altogether they're only losing four of their top 11 tacklers and they're returning the rest alongside an offense that was super productive last year and is looking to you know have an even more productive season this year as most of those players enter their senior year and so let's talk about those key players starting with the quarterback Hayden Camp as a junior last year he was one of the best 1A quarterbacks throwing for 930 yards 11 touchdowns six interceptions while also rushing for 1215 yards and 12 rushing touchdowns he has commanded teams that have made deep playoff runs his sophomore and junior year over at Buena Vista and at this point the only thing he hasn't done is lead a team 
to state and potentially win state as well. So we'll definitely like to, you know, see him be a little bit sharper as a passer. You know, I know there are some issues between, you know, a lot of things with Buena Vista last year. That fatigue definitely setting in for the team as a whole uh, throughout last season. And so, yeah, he's had a fresh offseason, the first fresh offseason in a minute it feels along with the team and so going forward this passing game should be dangerous and you know he definitely is a threat on the ground as well and so you could pretty much expect him to get close to a thousand rushing yards this season while improving those passing numbers uh you know if he really takes over the senior season it could be a wrap you know they could win state he is a state championship level quarterback in my opinion but right next to him we also have a state championship level running back in Jacob Phelps last year as a junior he was the second leading rusher uh, besides camp obviously but he still rushed for a very productive 834 rushing yards and 15 rushing touchdowns was also the second leading receiver with 297 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns as a senior he will be one of the top backs in the entire state regardless of 1a 2a 3a 4a 5a 6a he is going to be one of the best in the entire state and he's looking to rip apart defenses alongside hayden camp uh, also on defense he was one of those try leaders and in interceptions had three interceptions so he'll be returning on that defense and they'll be returning a speedster over there for sure so definitely a good core to build around here in the backfield but let's talk about the defense here a little bit and i want to talk about elijah evans i think he's going to be one of the most important players returning for this defense as he was the second leading tackler with 85 while racking up 15 tackle for losses and being one of the sack leaders as well with 3.5 sacks he will be a big part of a potential championship defense as a senior playing on that defensive line i believe so definitely a guy to look out for could be a game wrecker over there and then I want to shout out these other athletes, Ryan Hurley, Tam Flowers, Ethan Flavin. Uh, they're all athletes who are going to look to contribute on both sides of the ball and are excellent athletes. They did so last season, mostly I would say probably on the defensive side of the ball, but they did contribute as far as receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns went. And you know, with the likes of Tucker Storms leaving, there's going to be room for a wide out one on the squad and so it will probably be one of those three um if not you know all three of them having a very good season with hayden camp at quarterback so altogether, this one vista team has a lot of athletes that play both ways that are extremely talented but i really like this backfield of hayden camp and jacob phelps they ripped apart off or sorry they ripped apart defenses these last two seasons look for them to do it in their last year together playing high school football so there you go now let's go ahead and predict their schedule here uh as of right now july 15th 2022 is when i'm recording this they have seven games scheduled all right and so let me go ahead and predict that schedule just going down the line straight up and honestly i mean there's not too much craziness to the schedule they play salada to open up i feel like that's a team they should beat then they play the defending state champions in centauri and you know any other year when it comes to centauri i would probably give centauri the edge but centauri is losing a very big chunk of that championship team and so buena vista should beat them plus they'll be playing centauri at home so they should defeat centauri even though that may potentially be a close one if they got some players waiting in the wings even then buena vista is the more experienced team then they play monta vista uh that's definitely a team that you know have some players over there they should probably make the playoffs but i'm gonna favor buena vista here against them uh, should be Gunnison after that and then they play Lyman on September 23rd that should be a very good game I will hopefully be looking to make it to that game it's over at Buena Vista uh, it's one of the few games here in the regular season that I see them maybe struggling against but I'm actually gonna go ahead and predict Buena Vista beating Lyman here the Lyman team is losing a lot of players as well now don't get it twisted they are returning some very good players and they're linemen so they're gonna do their thing but i think this is buena vista's year and they go ahead and take care of them 
After that, they play North Fork, Roaring Fork, and Olaf. I think those are all dubs for Buena Vista. So all together, I have Buena Vista going 8-0. And I also think I made a mistake. I think I said they only had seven games scheduled. They actually have eight games scheduled as of right now, July 15th. And honestly, I have them winning all eight games. And if they schedule more games, so be it. But I really do think this is a Buena Vista team that should go close to undefeated. So my window of wins for Buena Vista, just in case they add on a game or two here on their schedule, is anywhere from 8 to 10. The only team I am a little bit concerned about, at least in this regular season, is Lyman. But... I believe Buena Vista, they're returning a lot more of the core than Lyman is, and so I'm going to give them the favor in this game, even though it should be a close one, but this Buena Vista team, this BV squad, is going to be dangerous with Hayden Camp and Jacob Phelps there on offense, and I assume they have plenty of athletes to step up at receiver, and so this offense can definitely be the number one offense in the state, if at least not top three, and then defensively, they got some guys. I mean, Elijah Evans, I think he'll be a force but they're also returning the majority of their defense only lost four of their top 11 tacklers from last year and so i am very high on this buena vista team absolutely a contender and should take care of business this regular season here in 2022 so there you go but let's keep this thing going and let's talk about colorado springs christian starting with their season from last year one three and five lost to aspen 45 21 lost to the eventual state champs in centauri 47-0, but they beat Rocky Ford 46-0, beat Payton 12-6, which made the playoffs, and that was a little bit of a upset there beating Payton, but then they lost kind of a close one to Gunnison 33-20, lost to Buena Vista 49-12, lost another close one to Rye 17-0, and then lost to Florence 45 to seven so honestly a really tough schedule especially near the end there they had opportunities to make the playoffs maybe if they beat gunnison and rye they would be at five and five at best or sorry five and three at best there and they could have probably snuck into the playoffs over a team like Payton or Gunnison or one of those lower seeded teams but unfortunately it just did not go their way so there you go but let's talk about some of their graduating seniors some key players they are losing now i gotta throw this out there uh they for some reason have no offensive stats but they kept all their defensive stats so there you go and honestly when it comes to teams and season previews me and cody we have over 200 plus programs to cover and so we cannot like absolutely cannot be reaching out to every single one of these teams so if you do want to help us out with some info go ahead and reach out to us and then we'll keep that in mind because we'll probably talk about that team uh during you know season or weekly recaps when we do cover the colorado high school football season so there you go just throwing that out there just a quick little announcement but Back to Colorado Springs Christian, uh, one of their biggest losses is Jackson Tyler. He led the team in tackles with a 93, so that's a tough one. They're also losing, I believe it's pronounced Daniel Eng, uh, E-N-G, Eng. Led in, he led in sacks, by the way, with four. Uh, they're losing one of their co-leader in interceptions, and Kyle Johnson, he had two. And so, altogether, on defense... They are losing four of their top 11 tacklers to graduation. Three of the four I just talked about, basically right there. Other than that, they're returning the majority of this defense that had some pretty good flashes, you know, beating an explosive team like Payton, having some close ones against Gunnison, Rye, and all that. So definitely a little bit of an impressive defense. Uh, and they are returning the majority of them. Now, key players to look out for, um, number one, Casey, I want to say it's Orowike, Orowik, uh, like I said, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but he was one of the top tacklers for this team with 73, he had big games against Payton where he had 16 tackles, Gunnison, he had 14 tackles, Aspen, he had 17 tackles, and he'll be one of the top producers for the defense this year alongside him you also have alex niederhauser uh this 6'2 200 pound defensive end had 69 tackles and four sacks as a junior 
as a senior, he should be a big part of this defense. Like I said, that is returning a number of key players. And on top of that, they will be returning Ashton Lofton. Uh, will be another senior this year, but this time he'll be playing a lot of running back. Uh, should be pretty productive for this offense over there and give them a lot to work with. So definitely some key players to look out for. Some players that will contribute to the success or at least to uh, how this season will go. And so speaking of this 2022 upcoming season, let's go ahead and predict it. And let's go game by game with this one. Starting with the first game of the season against Monta Vista. I have them dropping this one. This Monta Vista team, they are returning a number of very good slash great athletes and returning quite a bit more than Colorado Springs Christian, in my opinion, uh, whether it's talent or numbers. So there you go. Then they play Rye the next week. I think they should probably lose to Rye. I think last year's game was really close, but going to this year, Rye should potentially win another close game. So yeah then they play banning lewis academy which honestly i think we're very highly of and you know they are losing the quarterback over at banning lewis but that's pretty much it this banning lewis academy team is returning literally everyone else they are very good well coached uh even though they are a young program here in the colorado springs area and so i think banning lewis takes care of business so kind of a tough go to start this season now they play Peyton again here mid-season they beat him last year, which was kind of surprising in my opinion, looking back at the type of season Payton had. But I think this year, with Payton losing so many players, they're going to do it again. They're going to beat Payton again, but it shouldn't be as surprising. And so, that is the schedule they have right now as of July 15th here. And so, I have them going 1-3 based off that schedule. And altogether, I'm just going to be honest with you. For Colorado Springs Christian, I have them at a window of wins anywhere between two to four wins. We will see who they schedule to fill out the rest of these games. But honestly, I'm very concerned about the identity of this offense uh, where there's simply not, not a lot of information slash film available all on them. Now, I think defensively, they're going to be good enough to challenge teams, but they only scored 20 points twice last season and that is concerning considering the guys they are losing over there from last season and going into this season i mean i just don't know how productive this offense can be despite having a potentially very good defense so we will see but for now i have colorado springs christian going anywhere or winning anywhere between two to four games this season now moving on here, we're going to talk about a team that Colorado Springs Christian will actually play this upcoming season in Rye. Now last year, Rye went 4-5, and five, and this is kind of how their schedule uh, shook out here. So they started the season with a nice 21-20 dub over the 2A state champs, uh, well spring champs, and Manitou Springs. Then they play 1A Holyoke, they lose to 41-9. Then they beat Center 30-8. Uh, then they lose to Burlington 44-7. Lose to a very tough Florence team 52-0. Lose to a tough Buena Vista team 49-6. That's an extremely tough uh, streak right there, those three games. But they bounce back, beat Trinidad 55-12. And then they beat Colorado Springs Christian Kind of in a close one here, but still they beat him 17-0. So, there you go. That is Rye's season from last year. A little bit of an up-and-down season. They had a very tough, like, mid-season there between Burlington, Florence, Buena Vista. But they eventually bounced back here. Now, they don't have many seniors graduating. The only one I found that I feel like might be a... A little bit of a problem losing is Sean Moore. He was one of the few seniors on this team. Uh, he was a tackle leader, one of their top tacklers with 38 for this Rice squad. And also co-led the team in sacks with three. Altogether, this team's only losing three of their top 11 tacklers from last year. That's basically it. They're bringing back the majority of their offense and defense. So speaking on that, let's talk about the two players that they've basically 
built their team around that this team is kind of centered around both offensively and defensively in Dylan and Caleb Hume here. Now, I want to say they're related in some way. Caleb is the older one, and he will be a senior this year, while Dylan will be a junior. Now, these two spearheaded this right offense. Dylan rushed for 836 rushing yards and seven touchdowns. Caleb went for 459 rushing yards and two touchdowns. And look for a lot of the same this season. They're both a year older. You know, they should take a step forward as contributors on offense and be the two main guys running the show over there. But both of them were also contributors on defense as well. They were tackle leaders, so look to them to kind of be the center of this Rye defense. Now, another guy to look out for is Nolan, I want to say it's Shower, S-C-H-A-U-E-R. Uh, excuse me if I'm saying that wrong, but as a sophomore, had a little bit of a rough year at quarterback, throwing for only 580 yards, three touchdowns, four picks, but was surprisingly very efficient passing-wise with a 64 percentage passing rating. And so going into this year, we'll see if he could continue to progress. Maybe they rely on him a little bit more here to pass the ball and open up this offense a little bit more here. So we'll see about that. And then last but not least, another key player that Rye will have is Tay McCauley. He was one of their better defenders for the squad, tallying 22 tackles and 4 interceptions as a junior. Look for him to help lead an experienced defense here in Rye. Now, let me go ahead and predict the record. Go game by game, at least with the games they have scheduled here. So, right now, I have them favored against Manitou Springs uh, to start the season, but... Manitou Springs won't make the same mistakes as last year. If you look at that game, you know, there are a couple just bad interceptions, turnovers made on offense. And so, you know, Ryan might not get as much of a break going into this year. Now, here's the thing. Rye got more mature as well, returning a lot of players. And so, it's not like they just regressed or anything like that. And so, I'm going to go ahead and give Rye the edge in this matchup, even though it should be a close and a good game. Now, after that, I have them beating Salida, Center, Trinidad, Colorado Springs Christian, and Payton. I feel like that Salida, Center, Trinidad, and Colorado Springs Christian uh, group there will be relatively easier dubs for them. They should win those games. Um, now, they play Payton. I have them beating them simply because they have a little bit more experience. They have a lot more experience than them on this team. And Payton will just not be the same team as last year. And so I'm going to acknowledge this game could potentially be closer. Payton at this point here in the midseason or near the end of the season could be figuring some things out. But I'm going to go ahead and give this one to Rye. I just have a hard time seeing Payton figuring it out by this time in the season. Um, just because they are losing so much. After that, they play Banning Lewis Academy, and now that's a team that I feel like can beat Rye here. They're well-coached, returning a lot of players. Talked about them a little bit uh, when talking about um, Colorado Springs Christian here in the last segment. And we'll talk about Banning Lewis Academy probably on this episode as well. And so I have them losing to them. Then they should beat Rocky Ford. I'd be surprised if they lose to Rocky Ford. They beat him pretty badly last year, so they should be able to take care of them this year. And so for Rye, I have them at a predicted record at 7-1. Their only loss being to Banning Lewis Academy. Now their window of wins, I'll give them anywhere between 6-8 to eight wins here in this upcoming 2022 season. And that's because this team is more mature, and we should see a jump in wins and a possible playoff spot for this team. They don't really play the toughest competition anyways, and so with them returning a lot of players, I'm looking at Dylan and Caleb Hume, Nolan Shower, their quarterback, Tay McCauley, uh, the majority of their defense and offense. This is a team that should at least go 500, if not a game or two over 500 because of all of those factors going into this season. So there you go. That's my prediction for this Rye football program. All right, so let's move on here. We've talked about this next program here a couple of times here, and so we're going to go ahead and talk about them here right now, and that is Banning Lewis Academy. Uh, they are only in their, well, this will be their third year in of existence as a football program uh last year was their second year in existence and so uh last year they went five and three 
Started the season out with a loss against a very tough Buena Vista team, 48-19. I was at that game. That game was pretty close leading up into the back end of the third quarter, the fourth quarter, where Buena Vista really started getting away from them. But, you know, that was probably a closer game than it looks like on paper. Then they bounced back, beat Del Norte 41-6, beat Prospect Ridge Academy 30-0, uh, lost to Manuel in kind of a close one, 34-25. Uh, Joel Cameron for Manuel went crazy against them, but bounced back, beat Rocky Ford 41-0, beat Denver West 42-0, and then I watched this game against Payton. Basically, the team that won this game between Baiting Lewis Academy and Payton would make the playoffs. It was a close one, but Payton would go ahead and win out here as they are the more experienced team. But they beat them 24-13 to in a close one. And then at this point, Baiting Lewis kind of knew they wouldn't make the playoffs. But they still ended the season with a 60-7 to dub over Trinidad. Altogether, 5-3, just barely missed out on the playoffs here. I want to say Payton was actually the last seat to make it in. And so, if they beat Payton, then they would have been in uh, regardless. And, unfortunately, it, they just could not get it done. And, like I said, this is a very young Banning Lewis team. Uh, only had a handful of seniors graduate but the couple seniors they are graduating are pretty important including their starting quarterback I believe the first quarterback this program has ever had in Caden Levi he had a pretty good year three for 1272 passing yards 12 touchdowns only six interceptions also rushed for 390 yards and five touchdowns he was a big part of this offense with a 57 percent completion rating and he had some excellent games in the eight games that this team played uh, this will be a big loss for them losing one of their captains and also losing a guy who snagged two interceptions on defense, but definitely offensively. I mean, this is a passing team here in Banning Lewis Academy, and so losing their quarterback will be quite the loss. They're also losing an 6-3 athlete in Nate Early. Uh, he was also one of their leading tacklers with 33 and was the other guy that had two interceptions for this team. Definitely a big one to be losing on defense there. And then the only lineman they are losing, I believe this is either, this is both on offense and defense, is Carson Faber. Um, and that's pretty much it. This team, well, I guess this defense for Banning Lewis is only losing two of their top 11 tacklers. Other than that, they're returning their entire defense. Uh, offensively, outside of Caden Levi and Carson Faber, they're returning, I believe, the other nine or eight starters for the squad. I early probably got some touches there on offense, so that's why I'm saying eight starters are returning just about. And so here's some of the key players to look out for. These three players I'm going to talk about here are going to be the workhorses for this team until they can find a quarterback who could settle in and, you know, eventually make up for the production that Caden Levi is leaving here. But you got Holden Stu or sorry, Holden Stennett. He'll be a junior. Adrian Teacha Fletus, I want to say. He'll be a senior. And then you have Riley Dotson. He'll be a junior. These three running backs make up the majority of the rushing tack for Banning Lewis Academy. At least last year, they made up the majority. And they were very productive. Stennett, he ran for 437 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Teacha Fleets rushed for... If I'm saying that wrong, I'm sorry. But he rushed for 353 yards and five touchdowns. And then Dotson here rushed for 280 yards and four touchdowns and honestly they went with the hot hand throughout the season and you could see a lot of that in their stat line some uh some of these backs will get 20 carries one game and then two or three the next and each of these players had a big game uh last season where you know they had somewhere between 50 to 20 carries over 100 yards a couple of touchdowns that type of deal and so with those three backs returning Banning Lewis Academy is going to have a pretty solid rushing attack, especially considering they are returning the majority of their line, and so that should help out whoever wins the quarterback position there. Now, I want to talk about Riley Dotson here just a little bit more here, but he was the lead tackler on this team with 72 tackles, and he should be a big-time contributor to this defense as well. 
And speaking of the defense, I want to talk about one more guy, Nick Vigil. Uh, he will be one of the lone seniors this upcoming season. Last year, he had 55 tackles and 9.5 tackles for loss as a linebacker. Going into this year, look for him to be super productive and to do a lot of the same things for this defense. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about this upcoming schedule here. Predict at each game, game by game here. And so to start the season, they play Denver Christian. Now, that's a team that actually struggled as an eight-man team last year. And so they should tally a pretty easy dub here, not going to lie. Uh, then they should get a good dub against Jefferson, uh, who last year got blown out by Denver West. And Banning Lewis Academy actually blew out Denver West. So, you know, transitive property. Banning Lewis should probably get an easier dub there. Then they play Yuma. And I'm going to have them beating Yuma here. But it may be a close game. Yuma is losing a lot, especially on offense. I'm looking at Clay Robinson. You hear Trejo. Uh, but they may have some talented players waiting in the rings. Wings. And so, for now, I'm going to give it to Banning Lewis Academy. But don't be surprised if Yuma makes this one a close one. And even potentially wins this one. Now, they play Bennett next. And Bennett is kind of a hard team to get a read on. I'm going to give Bennett the W here, but if Banning Lewis Academy finds a quarterback and he is having a good season uh, as of the here and, you know, he has a good game, then I think they could win this game. But I'm going to go ahead and give Bennett the edge here. Like I said, Bennett's kind of a tough team to get a read on, but I think that's a squad that should be able to edge this one out over Banning Lewis Academy. Then after that, they play Payton. And Peyton, they're just losing a lot. Um, and so they should go ahead and take care of them, beating them this year. Then they should take care of Rocky Ford, Colorado Springs Christian um, fairly easily. Colorado Springs Christian, like I said, I think will have a pretty solid defense. So we'll see if that's closer and if that could be a game they could potentially drop. But I still think they should beat them. Then they play Rye, should beat them. Another close game right there. And then to end the season, I think they will get a pretty good dub against an, an Ellicott squad that did not play football last year and will be returning after a leave of absence. They haven't played a full season since 2019. So there you go. They're all together. I have Baiting Lewis Academy predicted at an 8-1 record for this season with a window of wins anywhere between 7-9 to nine wins. That's assuming they keep this 9-game schedule here. Uh, Baiting Lewis Academy is a promising young program with the opportunity to make the playoffs in their third year of existence. They are very well coached. They have a plethora of athletes that will shine this season. And honestly, if they win league, they make the playoffs. And with their strength of schedule outside of Yuma, that might be okay. Um, I mean, that's probably their only path to the playoffs since the schedule isn't overly hard either. And so they should take care of most of their non-league games. And then ultimately taking care of league will be huge for them. Also, quick side note, if you're a young player in the Colorado Springs, Falcon area, this is definitely a program to keep an eye on. They're a winning program, and they're an upcoming successful program that you may want to be a part of that is going to make some noise here sooner than later. So, there you go. Not getting paid to say this. I just think very highly of that program. And, uh, you know, they're, they're very young, but they are talented, and they should have a good season this year. And I believe they will make the playoffs. Let's move on, though, and let's talk about Rocky Ford football. Last year went 2-6. Um, here's how their schedule went. Lost to Montevista 30-0. Lost kind of a close one to Rye 15-6. Then lost to Colorado Springs Christian 46-0. Lost to Florence 61-0. Lost to Banning Lewis uh, sorry 41-0. Then they beat Sheridan 57-6. Jesus. But then they lost to Payton 44-6. And then they pulled out a pretty close one against Trinidad, 39-28, to end the season. So a pretty tough year here. Did win that game at the end to end on a good note for their seniors. Um, but other than that, 
let's go ahead and talk about some of these seniors they are losing as they are losing a couple here and i'm gonna go ahead and start with sean gonzalez he played quarterback for this varsity squad for about four years kind of got snaps consistently as the guy for two years even though he was definitely put in games before that but even though he didn't have a great year still threw for 688 passing yards eight touchdowns to 12 picks and his leadership and production will definitely be missed and then this rocky four team is losing about half of their defense they're losing five of their top 11 tacklers in france uh who i believe was an all-state honorable mention guy but he had 33 tackles uh gonzalez sean he had 28 rodriguez had 23 and sarmiento had 18 so losing about half of their defense here along with their quarterback now key players to look out for Joe Zamora, I think he's probably the best athlete on this team, period. Last year, he got 20 carries against Trinidad and delivered with a 169-yard uh, and one touchdown rushing performance and a huge dub against them throughout the season. He was also targeted and caught 25 receptions for 278 yards and five touchdowns. As a senior, he should be leaned on more and may deliver as one of their best, best athletes on both sides of the ball. I honestly have no doubt about that. I think he's an absolute stud, potentially an all-state guy. Then another guy that should put up some numbers for them is Joshua Smith. He was one of their better receivers as a junior, catching 15 receptions for 231 yards, 3 touchdowns. Also was one of the lead tacklers for this team with 30 Eight. Now, going into this season, they're going to have a whole new quarterback, so some of those receiving numbers will definitely go down, but I think those two athletes, on the bright side, will still produce for this Rocky Ford team, but altogether, I still have Rocky Ford going 0-7, and seven. Uh, I have their window of wins at 0-2 to two at most, to be honest, Rocky Ford is a team that kind of feels like it's barely 1a i feel like they would dominate if they went to eight man six man which they were at before but i think if anything they may have a chance at del norte but they are returning more than them del norte is and the other team they may have a chance of beating is rye uh maybe at the end of the season but that's going to be a hard fought game and rye is returning the majority of their team and so altogether i think their schedule is pretty tough and half of their schedule is definitely made up of playoff teams add on the fact that there is a little bit of a talent gap here and so i think this might be another tough year for a rocky ford program and honestly there's a lot of unknowns for this program as well and so i really want to see who steps up for them both offensively and defensively let's keep it going though and talk about Peyton here last year they went six and three in the regular season and so here's how their schedule turned out um first off they played florence to start the season lost them 50 to zero but bounced back with a 32-0 dub over Roaring Fork, then beat center 14-8 in a close one, then had a pretty close game against Buena Vista, only lost to them 21-8, but Buena Vista would eventually pull that one out. Then they had another close loss, kind of an uncharacteristic loss here in my opinion, to Colorado Springs Christian, lost to them 12-6. Uh, after that, they got a forfeit dub uh, versus Trinidad. Then they beat Rocky Ford 44-6. They beat Banning Lewis Academy 24-13 to go ahead and punch their way into the playoffs. And then beat Del Norte 49-0 to end the regular season. Now, in the playoffs, they were the 16th seed or the last seed, I believe. And so they pulled the first seed in Centauri. And that was kind of tough. That was basically the end. And they lost to them 45-6. to Altogether, still a pretty successful season for a Peyton team that was extremely productive on offense and defense. And, you know, they are losing a lot of production here to graduation. And so let's talk about it. Let's talk about West Hart here. Uh, Speedy Senior accounted for 971 rushing yards, 12 rushing touchdowns. Also had nine receptions for 126 yards and a touchdown defensively also contributed about 20 tackles um especially on that run kind of near the end of the season so definitely losing some speed and losing an absolute playmaker on offense the other guy that was part of that rushing attack was dresden howith he was the second leading rusher with 747 yards and eight rushing touchdowns also caught nine balls for 111 yards and was extremely productive on defense going for 47 tackles 12 tackles for losses 
and four and a half sacks. And so those two guys were basically Payton's entire offense, and they did a lot for them. Uh, obviously, they had a little bit of a passing attack and other rushers, but those are the main two components of this offense. Now, defensively, they're losing, or sorry, I guess offensively still, you know, they're losing Hudson Puffpath. Uh, he was their lead receiver with 20 receptions for 294 yards and two touchdowns. But defensively, he also was one of the lead tacklers for the squad with 43 in. So there you go. That's the other part of the production on offense. He was kind of that third option for them there while also being a big contributor on defense and then one of the biggest losses for them arguably their biggest loss is zach cobb he was one of our 1a defensive playmaker of the year candidates and actually i believe i originally voted for him but it ended up being a tie so i recast my vote but uh i truly believe he was one of the best if not the best defender in all of 1a at linebacker uh he was one of the top tacklers in the entire state of colorado period he had 123 tackles 15 tackles for losses two and a half sacks forced three fumbles and recovered three fumbles and he was a leader of this defense and i believe he also played center for the squad as well and so that is an extremely big loss for Payton to go along with the other seniors they are losing. Uh, altogether on defense, they're only losing about half, a little bit over half of their defense, six of their top 11 tacklers, but a lot of those guys were big time producers for this team on offense and defense. Now, let me talk about some guys that will still contribute to this team going into this year and into the future, starting with the quarterback, Noah Martin. He was a 1A freshman of the year candidate uh, after earning that starting quarterback spot against Buena Vista. He really never looked back. Had it a little bit of a tough year. They didn't really give him the keys to this offense as they relied on their dominant running game. But he threw for 391 yards, three touchdowns, seven picks. Um, honestly, with so many players missing from this paid-in team on offense, returning their quarterback should hopefully get this offense jump-started with a player that showed some promise last year. And so never a bad thing returning a quarterback, especially a young one. Now, this next guy I'm going to talk about, I think, is going to be a legitimate star on the 1A level for Peyton, and that is Robert Graham. He is one of the lone skill players this offense is returning, and he'll be a senior this year. Last year, in a crowded backfield, he still was productive, ran for 221 yards and two touchdowns on 58 carries while catching six balls for 59 yards. Uh, was also a big-time contributor on defense as he racked up 59 tackles and five tackles for losses. Uh, he's due for a pretty productive season, both on offense and defense. Like I said, I think he could really be a star for this Payton team. So there you go. And then one of the bigger players they have over there, he's a big boy. He's a lineman. Lucas, I want to say is Boyvert or yeah, it has to be that, I want to say. Um, excuse me if I'm mispronouncing that, but he'll be one of their bigger players returning for the team as a sophomore. The 6'1", 220-pound lineman racked up about 40 tackles, 5 tackles for losses, and 1.5 sacks. He's going to be a beast up front for them as a junior, and so he's going to hopefully make ups for, for some of the production they are losing on the defensive side of the ball. While, you know, also contributing as one of their bigger linemen. Now... Let's talk about the record. Let's talk about this 2022 season. Go game by game here. So to start the season, they play Cedar Ridge, uh, who's returning kind of a dangerous receiving core and a solid quarterback. This might be close, but Payton playing them early on while still figuring out, you know, the roles on offense and who will be given the keys. I'm going to go ahead and give Cedar Ridge the edge here. They're just returning more players than them. After that, they played center. Uh, last year, they played them pretty close. And I think if they do that this year, then Payton should probably win again. We'll see, but still another close one uh, playing this early on. Then they play Trinidad. They should be able to handle them and beat them. So there you go. After that, they play in Monta Vista, which has a little bit, well, a lot more experience than Payton and are returning some stars who should take care of Payton and go ahead and win this game for Monta Vista. So they should uh, lose that one. Then they play Banning Lewis Academy. And even though last year's game was close, I think Banning Lewis goes ahead and gets the return uh, or gets the revenge and beats them this year. And so they should drop that one. Then Payton, they play Ellicott. They should take care of business and beat them. If they don't, this could be a little bit interesting in terms of implications and whatnot it mean 
that it would mean for recruitment in that area since they're relatively close to each other and some players pick between the two. So we will see about that. After that, uh, they got a game against Rye. It'll be close, but I'm giving Rye the edge here to take care of Payton. They just have a more established offense over there. Um, then they play Rocky Ford. Should beat Rocky Ford, even though they are losing some players. And then they have another potentially close game against Colorado Springs Christian, but I have them taking care of Payton to go ahead and end the season in kind of a close one. Altogether, I have Payton going 3-6 in the regular season based on their 9 games scheduled as of right now, July 15th. Um, but a lot of games could definitely be flipped here. And so the window of wins I have for Payton is anywhere between 3-5 to five wins for this 2022 season. Look, at best, this Payton team may find some identity on offense, which is my biggest concern, sooner than later. And they'll go 500 but I do worry about all the impact players they are losing. And so that's why I'm leaning more so uh, towards them finishing below 500. Despite playing in plenty of close games this season. At least that's how I'm predicting it. And so we'll see who steps up for Payton. And we'll see as well who does more than step up. And maybe has a breakout season for them. But I think this is definitely a rebuilding year. And we will see more of Payton uh, going to next year. But for now, they're a very young team. Okay, so coming up, I'm going to talk about this Ellicott team. But it's going to be extremely quick here. Uh, look. They didn't have a season last year. Did not They did not play any games. They chose to not play any games. In fact, the last time they played a full regular season was in 2019 where they went 0-9. They did play in 2020, but went 0-4, including a huge loss, 44-24, to a St. Mary's team that actually ceased to exist in 2021, but they'll be returning as an eight-man team this year. And so... That should kind of tell you where Ellicott is. Now, Ellicott will be playing 11-man going into this 2022 season. But like I said, the last time we played a full season was in 2019. And so I can't even really talk about graduating seniors or key players because they haven't had rosters posted yet. And honestly, just in general, even if they did, it'd be extremely hard to gauge where they're at considering the last time they had, you know, a full body of film was in 2019. And a lot could happen in high school football in two or three years, at least in the development of some of these players and whatnot. So, honestly, I'm going to just be completely real. I'm just going to keep it 100 right here. I don't see Ellicott winning a game this season. Right now, they only have five games scheduled against Grand Valley, Clear Creek, SS Park, Payton, and Banning Lewis Academy. But all those teams are established programs that played the last couple years. Ellicott, they're going to have to find some footing here, as at this point, they're basically a new program. They're rebuilding their program right now. And so if they schedule an eight-game season, then maybe they sneak in one game. So my window of wins would be anywhere between zero and one. But like I said, this is a rebuilding program that's going to have to reestablish the culture and find some players to step up for this 11-man football team. Other than that... They have no proven uh, players or coaches really here at this point. And so we will see what happens with Ellicott as uh, they are welcome back into Colorado high school football. All right, now let's talk about Trinidad here. Last year, another tough season, 0-7. Um, did not win a game last year. The closest game was a 39-28 loss to Rocky Ford, which happened to be the only time they scored over three touchdowns uh, last season. And so a very tough year for Trinidad. And so let's just go ahead and talk about their graduating seniors. Um, stats are incomplete for this team. They don't really keep stats super well. And like I said, teams that don't keep stats super well, that usually explains how good that team is. I'm just going to be 100 with you. But I was still able to tell that Joe Ross, uh, he was one of their best athletes, even though stats are incomplete at the time. Uh, he did still have the most tackles listed down with 24, along with two interceptions. Also, on offense, had 202 receiving yards. So there you go. Those are just some stats that I can report on. Like I said, they are incomplete, though, so it could definitely be more. And then on top of that, Trinidad is also losing uh, both of the quarterbacks they played last year and their leading rushers which i think joe ross might have been one of their leading rushers as well 
Um, key players, honestly, I have no idea. They did do a great job keeping stats. There are some stats from, there are literally stats from like two games. And that is about it. So I don't really know some athletes that will step up for them. Uh, not a lot of film available as well. I did a little bit of scouring. Couldn't find too much there. And so honestly, look, I mean, with a team that went 0-7 and seven last year, at this point, you're looking for younger players to step up and establish themselves in this program. Because right now, I have Trinidad not winning a game all season. Unfortunately, this is just a team that has been severely outmatched on the 1A level since moving from 2A down to 1A. They have not won more than two games since 2016, where they won five-ish games, I want to say. And so at this point, I do not see much changing here unless they get a fantastic group to build with. And honestly, even when you do get a fantastic group, you'll probably win a handful of games. You know, if it's a truly special group, but right now, this is a rebuilding Trinidad program. We'll see if they could get themselves stabilized over there. Alright, now let's shift just briefly here, and let's talk about 2A ball. We're going to talk about Woodland Park High School. The Panthers, last year, back in 2021, they went 4-4, four and four, just going down the line of their schedule. Uh, lost to Basalt, 35-6. to six, Lost to Elizabeth, 44-8. Beat Berthed, uh, 28-6. to six. Beat Lamar 19-13 in a close one. Beat Salada 48-6. Then lost to TCA 41-0. But they turned around and uh, bounced back and beat Manitou Springs 45-21. And then lost to La Junta 53-26. And unfortunately just came up short of making the playoffs and were just outside. Now some seniors they're losing. Uh, starting with Andrew Harper, he was the second leading rusher in a very run-heavy offense that honestly didn't really rely on the passing game at all. They are graduating a senior quarterback, but I mean, they could pretty much have anybody do what he did last year. I think he only passed for 100 yards or something like that. But anyways, Harper here rushed for 441 yards, five touchdowns, also accounted for 29 tackles and four interceptions at that safety position. He was their interception leader, and so that's going to be a tough loss, both offensively and defensively. And then they're also losing this player. I believe it's pronounced Elizaiah Gardner. I'm going to go with that. But he had 66 tackles. He was the lead tackler on the squad. Uh, also had three sacks. Uh, and then alongside him, they're losing Adam Gardner. He had 18 tackles. was one of their top tacklers. Um, he also had a sack last year. Altogether, Woodland Park, they're not losing too much, really. I mean, they're losing one of the running backs in the rotation. They're losing their starting quarterback. But let's just be honest. I mean, he didn't really pass or rush for that much anyways. So there you go. And then they're losing four of their top 11 tacklers, which isn't bad at all. Still got plenty of players to contribute here for this squad. And speaking of those players, one of them is Aiden Hernandez. He will be the lead back for this team as a senior. Uh, coming off a nice junior year where he ran for 464 yards and four touchdowns. Should have a big season as their main guy, as their main uh, running back. And so, definitely somebody that will lead that charge there. Then you have Aiden Hood. Uh, played last year as a freshman on varsity. Got some carries. Went for 215 yards and a touchdown. Had notable games against TCA and Manitou Springs. So, definitely some really good flashes against quality teams there. And then, at linebacker, did a pretty good job snagging 35 tackles and 2 interceptions. Going, to, going into his sophomore year. You know, look for him to take a step forward as one of their talented underclassmen from last year. They'll also be returning Caleb Graves as a sophomore last year. He rushed for 223 yards while snagging 37 tackles and two picks on defense. Um, yet another two-way player that should take a step forward going into only his junior year. So a very young Woodland Park team that, you know, did pretty solid going 4-4 four and four here, as you could see here. And speaking of that, Woodland Park is returning plenty of linemen as well. I looked through the roster. Looks like they're really only losing one or two guys uh, between their offensive and defensive line. Other than that, returning the majority here, which you love to see, especially for a running team here and for a team that, you know, had pretty solid of defense at times throughout this season like i said at times and they're going to continue to get better as they are still a relatively young team but let me go ahead and predict the record go down the schedule here so to start off they play summit i think they should beat them uh they're losing a lot of uh, players over there at summit except for a quarterback they have a pretty 
I'd say exceptional quarterback, but you know what? I'm looking at Woodland Park. I think they're just a little bit more established of a team, both offensively and defensively. And so I think because of that, you know, they should be able to be a summit team that will be replacing a lot of spots over there. So there you go. Uh, after that, they played Salida. Last year, they blew out a much older Salida team. This year, this team is a lot younger, and so I don't think uh, the outcome will be that much different. Then they play Mitchell, who I think they should beat. And then they play Manitou Springs. Um, in my And I'm just going to throw this out there. In my Manitou Springs prediction, I think I actually had them winning, as in Manitou Springs beating Woodland Park, but... I think this is just going to be a really close game, a much closer game than last year, and so I changed my mind. I'm going to go ahead and have Woodland Park beat Manitou Springs here, but definitely will be a close one that could go either way. Uh, after that, they play LaHunta. I think they'll lose uh, to them. If the defense steps up and plays their best game all season, then maybe this game could flip, but... <clears throat> think this LaHunta team will be making a little bit of a comeback this year so gonna go ahead and give this one to LaHunta then they play Lamar I have Lamar beating Woodland Park Lamar they just have one of the best like backfields in the entire state and so that's gonna be a handful I think this Woodland Park team may not be quite ready for that so we'll see about that but to end the season, they play Alamosa, and I just have Alamosa being Woodland Park. I think they're a little bit more talented, uh, and their scheme kind of exposes some things that Woodland Park doesn't do as well. So I'm going to have Alamosa win that one to end the season. And so right now, Woodland Park has seven games scheduled, and I have them going four and three with a window of wins anywhere between five and seven. I assume they're going to add on one more win. Most teams have at least eight games at max 10 regular season games that they have and so I think Woodland Park should finish over 500 this season and have a shot at the playoffs this is a team that is returning a lot of players and so I wouldn't be surprised if they finish well over 500 but it really just depends how well this rushing attack is clicking and if the defense could take a step forward and continue to produce productively uh, they have to. If they have a bad game, then I don't know if this rushing offense could, you know, get them out of that hole. So there you go. That is my prediction for Woodland Park. All right. Now for the last team on this episode, I'm going to talk about Florence High School. I believe they're the Huskies. Uh, last year played in 1A. This year they're actually going to move up to 2A. But let's talk about last year here real quick. Uh, they're one of the better teams in 1A going 9 and 2 on the season I believe they were eight and one in the regular season and so here's how their season went they beat Payton 50 to 0 to start then uh, keep it going against Clear Creek 71 to 0 Weld Central 46 to 0 uh, Holyoke 36 to 15 in a quality one uh, beat Rocky Ford 61 0 beat Rye 52 0 beat Grand Valley 48 0 then lost a very close game to Buena Vista 20-14. I think that might have been for League. And so that's a real tough game to lose. Uh, at this point, they're still going to make the playoffs. This really just affected seeding. So there you go. Uh, they bounce back. Beat Colorado Springs Christian 45-7 to end the regular season. In the playoffs, they play Monta Vista. Uh, this game was a lot closer than it looks on paper. But they still beat them 23-0. Before losing to Ray in a little bit, well, in an upset here, 36 to 7. Ray would go on to play Lyman in those semis, and um, they would eventually lose to Lyman, who would go to state. So, really interesting here uh, for Florence. Still one of the most dominant teams in 1A last year and so let's talk about some seniors some players that are leaving that were part of that dominant team from last year starting with Jacob Kennedy he was one of their leading rushers running for 737 yards and seven touchdowns on a, on only 82 carries which isn't a lot at all he also caught six balls for 86 yards and two touchdowns then on defense was one of their top tacklers so 64 tackles 14 tackles for loss and then uh, alongside Kennedy, they're losing Gian Aguilar. He was the second leading rusher on this team, going for 737 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns on only 59 carries. Was also one of their top tacklers with 51 tackles and 10.5 tackles for loss. So both of those players, two-way players that were really important to this defense, uh, both defense and offense as well, really powering that offense and being kind of the core there. That's going to be a huge loss for Florida 
Lawrence losing those two impact players. Now, another guy they are losing, it's not to graduation. Uh, he actually just moved to Lyman is what I see here. But Logan Botyer, he is, or I think last year he was a sophomore. And on defense, racked up 59 tackles, two sacks, three interceptions. Uh, was going to be a future star for this Florence team. Was one of their better players. But like I said... He moved to Lyman, so he'll probably be playing for that Lyman Badgers team, be part of that dominant Badgers team over there. So definitely a big loss for Florence, losing a younger depth guy that potentially could have broke out going into this year as well. So there you go. Uh, altogether, Florence are losing five of their top 11 tacklers from last year. Not too bad, but I think this is something to keep in mind here. They're only losing possibly only one lineman and will be returning a number of their linemen, both on offense and defense. From uh, looking at the roster, it looks like Florence is returning most of their line, which is a really good thing, especially for this transition to two-way. And so let's talk about some of the key players that will be turning up here in 2A, starting with their quarterback, Levi Paxton. Um, he was one of the best quarterbacks in 1A, and going into his senior year, he will have a chance to prove that he's one of the best quarterbacks in 2A and in the state. Last year, he threw for 870 yards, 19 touchdowns to four picks, while rushing for 263 yards and seven rushing touchdowns. If Florence is to make a deep playoff run in 2A, which I think they can, he needs to play like a top quarterback and continue to take another step forward. Last year was not a bad step forward at all but you want to continue to build on that and you know you are losing some players so maybe this game changes just a little bit here that'll help boost some of those numbers and pro productivity in general now it's not going to be all levi paxton they are returning probably one of their best athletes here uh, lincoln nicks he was a backup that rushed for 179 yards and two touchdowns majority of that being in a playoff game against monta vista where he ran for 111 yards and i think a touchdown or two so definitely a lot of untapped talent there on offense should be the lead guy or one of the guys uh on the offensive side of the ball as far as running the ball goes but he was their top tackler for Florence here, racking up 115 tackles, 14 tackles for losses, and 3.5 sacks would be one of their best athletes and their best two-way player on this team, and so should definitely have a big year. If he has a big year this year, we'll probably see some uh, very interesting college offers come through soon here. And then these next two guys I want to talk about, Xavier Martinez, and I believe it's uh, it's Lugus or Lugis Nuss. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong, but both of these guys uh, played receiver last year. Martinez was uh, was a, is going to be a senior, and then Nuss will be a junior. You know, I, I kind of see both of these guys seeing a little bit more usage in an offense that kind of rushed the ball to set up the pass when they did pass. And so, you know, looking at this team moving forward, I think they're going to have to pass the ball a little bit more here. And, you know, last year they were productive off of the touches they get. Martinez, he led the team with 14 receptions, 290 yards and five touchdowns. That means almost half of his uh, receptions went for touchdowns. While Nuss was right behind, he only caught 19 receptions for 274 yards and five touchdowns. Extremely productive there. Both of these guys should be big-time contributors to this passing offense, to this offense period. Then last but not least, they have Josiah Cornwell. This 6'4", 215-211-pound athlete should be looking for a dominant senior year. Last year, he did a pretty good job. At tight end, he was productive, catching 21 receptions for 235 yards and 7 touchdowns. Um, because of that, he's on our radar for our top 5 seniors tight ends in uh, in the state. So there you go. And then on defense, he was also a terror, racking up 26 tackles and 8 sacks, which led the team in sacks, by the way, on the season. He will be a big-time contributor on both sides of the ball going into this year. So there you go. Those are the stars for Florence. Now let's predict this record here. So the first four games they have is against Rifle, Centauri, Pagosa Springs, and Faith Christian. I have them beating all four pretty easily. Uh, all of these teams are either losing a lot of talent or, you know, they're just not as talented as Florence. And so, and I'm just being straight up. And so I have Florence favored by quite a bit. I'd be surprised if they dropped any of these four games here. After those four, they play Lamar. 
I think this will be a pretty close game as Lamar does have some stars of their own. But I think if Florence plays a complete game, as in nobody can be lacking this game, defense has to be sharp, quarterback has to be sharp, all that stuff, then I have them just barely edging out Lamar. I think Florence is a little bit more of a complete team, but if not everyone is on their A game, this is definitely a game Lamar could win. After that, they play Manitou Springs, so I think they should be. And then the last game they have on the season, or at least the last one they have scheduled, uh, as of right now, July 17th, on the season is against Alamosa and this will feel like a playoff battle no doubt should be a good game for both of these teams uh, especially right before playoffs you know and so it will give them a little bit of a taste and uh, you know give them an idea of adjustments they may need to make moving forward but in my opinion I think Florence is returning a couple more impact players than Alamosa here but the key to winning this game is Levi Paxton having a signature game uh, people around the state, and this is just opinions I've heard from multiple people, you know, the media, fans alike, whatever, uh, but they look at Levi Paxson, they think he has some of the, you know, athletic uh, stuff that you want in a quarterback and all that, uh, well he does, you know, and that's great, but they want to see a signature game here where he takes over, where he shows that he is the best quarterback in the state with or without an efficient run game. And so, you know, if Florence really wants to win this one, they got to be successful passing the ball. I think they're going to run the ball, and I think Alamosa, they're going to do what they can against that. But to really have an edge over them, they got to tear them apart over the top. And so we'll see about this game. I'm going to go ahead. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and actually predict this one as a loss. I think Alamosa might be able to beat them here. Altogether, my prediction for Florence's 2022 high school football season, I have them going 6-1 based on the seven games they have scheduled as of today, July 14th, with a window of wins anywhere between six to eight wins, assuming they add on a game or so. Uh, look, I think this Florence team is for sure a playoff team in 2A, and I think they're probably one of the top contenders in the state as well. I'm going to go ahead and give a plug to our guy, Anthony Garcia. Over at Mile High Prep Report, he actually just released his 2A preseason rankings, uh, which included Florence uh, in there. I believe Florence was a top five team. You can look at his reasons. Me and Anthony, um, well, Playmakers Corner and uh, Mile High Prep Report really talk a lot when it comes to these small town teams. And so a lot of our opinions are kind of influenced by each other. Just going to be straight up honest. And so uh, there you go there. And so go ahead and check that out. But, you know, Florence, like I said, I think is a playoff team, should win a good number of games over 500. Now, whether they make a deep playoff run or not, which I'm going to be real, I would not be surprised if Florence makes a deep playoff run and potentially goes to state. That all depends on their quarterback, in my honest opinion, in Levi Paxton. I think he has the talent to lead them and go far, but he absolutely needs to take a step forward and needs to show that he is the best quarterback in 2A and one of the best in Colorado, period. And so we will see about that. All right. Well, there you go. That'll wrap up this episode of the Playmakers Corner Podcast. Thank you so much for rocking with us here if you want to see where you know war when where episodes are going to come out when they've released uh, all that stuff go ahead and show some love on social media that's facebook instagram twitter on playmakers corner and then go ahead and subscribe slash follow us on tiktok twitch and youtube where we will be posting content there as well and so thank you so much for rocking with us we will be doing every single 11 man football team in the state of Colorado talking about each one right before the season starts and so myself and Cody will do that every Monday Wednesday and Friday but also be on the lookout like I said for some live streams on Twitch and if you can't uh, join us on Twitch at that time they'll be uploaded in full unedited on YouTube but thank you so much for rocking with us and we will catch you later